Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. This is the thing about trading. No one is ever going to ring you up and say, you've made too much money. Stop making so much money. But there are realistic expectations for the amount of money you can make in a short-term system. And in today's episode of Talking Trading, we look at this with Chris Tate. You can only get what the market will give you. And while short-term trading adds diversification and cash flow to your portfolio, you're not going to get a life-changing trade from a short-term system. Chris and Louise have finished touring Australia for the year, and this will be the final interview on short-term systems for a while because we've looked at them in the past couple of episodes. But we did want to address accurate expectations of different markets and the right tools for the right job. Louise Bedford shares in MindPower today on how to automate your pain. And she talks about that thing that all top level share traders talk about, responsibility and taking responsibility for where you are. Let's hear her now. We need to find a way to automate the painful and annoying things in our lives. What is it that you procrastinate on? I'll bet it's because it's an unsavoury type of concept or activity that you consider to be drudge. Some people don't set an auto stop. And when it comes time to exit because their stop loss has been hit, they don't. They argue with themselves. They find a reason to stay with that trade. And often that reason has to do with ego. Set an auto stop, a stop loss that is automatic when you first go into a trade. That way you won't second guess yourself. What other areas of pain do you have in your life that you can automate? One of the best ways to automate is by paying careful attention to the habits that you're forming. You see, once a habit has become fully cemented, it means that you don't have to think and it just happens automatically. A lot of people find that once they've got the thing that they're aiming to do popped into their schedule, it's as good as done. And what about linking some of the things that should be automatic in your life to another activity? So after you clean your teeth, then you do what? Is there a specific activity that you can do that will push your day ahead? That linking idea is very, very important and very profound and you'll find that the more that you can link a habit to an existing habit, 
the easier it will be for you. Automate the pain. Find things that you can delegate away from the core of what you are doing that makes you special. I find people to do my books, my accounting, my cleaning because they're things where I'm not playing my A-game. And when I play my A-game, I take full responsibility for those actions. My little guy, he came home the other day. He knew what was coming. We were going to have a discussion. His teacher had sent me an email saying that he, this little guy hadn't done his work at school. He hadn't prepared for the lesson that she was taking. Now, Ryan is usually quite a diligent student. He has my trust. I know that when he tells me something, it's because he has in his heart that need to share. He had told me he hadn't done his homework. This email from his teacher confirmed it. And now he was waiting for my reaction. Because his trust with me was high and he hadn't goofed off a lot in the past, I said to him, Ryan, we just need to address this. And he started to make excuses for why he hadn't done his homework. I waited until he'd finished. And then I said, Ryan, do you realise you haven't accepted responsibility? The impact on him was immediate. He said, you're right, Mum. I didn't do my best work, and this is my fault, and I will do better next time. I wrote back to his teacher, and I told her that he has accepted responsibility. And do you know how hard that is? It is so difficult, even as an adult, to accept responsibility for our actions. Yet to grow, that is exactly what we need to do. Accept responsibility for where you are in life. If you do not, your circumstances will never change. You'll always find somebody to blame, some excuse to give, some reason why you are not where you need to be. And even when you succeed, you will find other areas to be able to pass that success off onto. So many people say, well, yes, I did well with this trade, but it was because, insert reason here, Whatever comes out of your mouth is not going to get you to expand your mind, to get you to be that best version of yourself. Claim your successes, but claim your failures as well. That's the only way to get ahead. And I know that you're going to do this because I know deep in your gut you want to be an effective trader. I know this because I'm there with you. There is almost no trading emotion that you will be feeling or have felt that I haven't felt in the past. Chris Tate's the same. We've been doing this probably longer than you. Chris Tate has been in the markets for 30 years. I've been in the market since 1990, however long that is. So we know what you are going through. Accept responsibility for where you are in your trading education. Accept everything about that trade that has made that trade a success or a failure. And if you followed your trading plan, that trade is never a failure. Watch the way you think about it and you'll be one step closer towards living the trader's life. Have you heard about Chris Tate and Louise Bedford's Repeat for Free Mentor Programme? 
They'll teach you how to trade every instrument over every time frame with your own trading plan. You'll carry the knowledge with you forever. If you want in for this year, you need to register at tradinggame.com.au forward slash priority. Louise is giving everyone who registers a heap of free trading resources. So register now at tradinggame.com.au forward slash priority. Well, hello. I am Peter O'Brant, and I just want to say that I listen to Talking Trading. Chris Tate, hello and welcome. Hi, Caroline. I have heard you say that you can never have a life-changing return out of short-term trading. Let's think about it this way. Let's use an example. Let's assume you're short-term trading the Aussie dollar, and it's 79 cents. You're not going to get a situation whereby you go to bed today, and it's 79 cents, and in six weeks' time, you wake up, and it's $7.90. That will never happen, but it can and does happen with equities. But you trade equities over a different time frame and a different span, so it sees different things, and it holds trends for longer. Short-term trading doesn't have that capacity because the giveaway is in the name, short-term. <laughs> if a person spruiks an FX system that's supposed to give a return of 790R, is that possible? No. Let, let's think about this. Uh, and, uh, there's a few things to unpack in that. Firstly, let's assume, for example, that you're risking 1% of your account. So 1R is 1%. That, by definition, assumes that your return over the course of the year is 790%. That simply doesn't make sense. But the other thing that we need to be cognizant of, and this, this I, I stole this phrase from Scott Lowther, who does our systems testing, and it's bloody brilliant. He says that you can only get what the market will give you, and it encapsulates so many things about expectations of markets, what markets generate in terms of real return, what market you actually need to be in. And when you unpack it, it literally says, look, if you're expecting to get massive trend-following moves, trading one-hour charts, you're not going to get them because they're not there. I'll give you a case in point. I, I did a quick analysis because I had the chart open last night. This is actually on gold. Markets are universal, so it applies everywhere. I went through and fired up the chart and fired up Excel, and I looked at a simple trend filter telling me when the market switched from bullish to bearish, and I looked at the number of points in each one of those moves. In the one-hour system, the average move was 21 points, four hours, 27, daily, 56 weekly 134. So you can see there's an incremental growth in the size of the average move. But more importantly, the, the largest move is different as well. In the one hour system, the largest move is 82 points. Four hours, it's 112. Daily, it rockets up to 398. Weekly, it's 693. And again, the moves simply aren't there to give you the return you think you're going to get in short term trading. Again, to come back to the analogy, you're not going to buy the Australian dollar at 79 and then sell it for $7.90 because that's not how the market works. You'll buy it for 79 and sell it for 79 too. The advantage of short-term trading is that you do this repetitively, but what people forget is people think, well, all I'll do is I'll do 15 trades a day and get an average 21 points. What that figure neglects to tell you is that a large number of these trades were losing trades. So you're going to get 
consecutive losses along the way. You're going to be facing the wrong way. And many of these moves were spiked out before the move was complete. So you're not going to get that because it doesn't exist in the real world. And one of the great problems we have, I'm not quite certain, I have an idea where it's come from. It has grown out of the FX market where you've got these spruikers who say, look, give up your day job and trade FX with $10,000 a day. You'll make $10,000 a day. Maybe if you're continually betting that $10,000 on a single trade and playing double or nothing, but eventually you get nothing. From what you've seen, why shouldn't you always trust back-tested results? One of the problems we have is that people back-test incorrectly. I'll give you an example, and it comes from the world of FX. There's a very good book that I recommend that everybody buy. It's called The Predictors by Thomas Bass. And it looks at the early days of a group known as the Prediction Company. This was a group of quants, physicists, mathematicians, engineers, who set about building a predictive methodology for FX trading. And partway through the history of doing this, they were getting results that were outrageously good. They were blindingly spectacular. Then they went back and looked at the data and the testing protocol. And what they found was that if the system said buy on Friday, it was then looking back at Monday's price and buying five days previously. You can't do that because we don't have a way back machine in trading. You can't say I've got a signal on Friday, but I've just bought it on the previous Monday. That doesn't work. It's like saying that I know BHP is going up. BHP is now $25. I'll go back in time to Monday when it was 18 and buy it, so I've instantly got a gain. They were making a post-dictive error. One of the great problems when people come to backtest is they backtest manually, which means human bias creeps into it. Now, you can actually do that. We recommend that people do. But the problem is they don't then subject those figures to any form of analysis. So they don't perform even simple tests like a Monte Carlo. What a Monte Carlo result is, is it looks at your results and says, right, you've got these results with the trades ordered in this order. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take those trades and throw them up in the air like a deck of cards, shuffle them, put them back together and see if I get the same result. What it's attempting to say is, was your result simply a fluke of the way the results were generated? Or if I change that ordering, would I get a different result? And you can actually do that. You can actually do that in Excel. Excel is very, very powerful, and we do it all the time. But the proof of the pudding is when people start to trade a system. What happens when a human being puts money on the line and says, right, I've been told that I can just do this part-time, placing orders randomly during the day. What happens? Oh, well, it's not going the way I thought it would. What do I do now? And this this is the great difficulty that we have in systems testing. Systems testing is really, really, really good. But sooner or later, a human has to trade the system. And if you've got a system that says, I draw down 50%, and you go, I can cope with that. Well, you can cope with it when it's in a spreadsheet. Can you cope with it when you started with $100,000 capital and now got 50? That's the vast difference. What about the type of person who makes a lot of money, then goes broke? And then repeats the cycle again. This is an interesting psychological problem. This is a saying I pinched off John O'Barrett, uh, a friend of ours, and he said, look, you need to be aware of the typical trader. The typical trader is a millionaire one day broke the next. And what they're effectively doing is uh, they're performing a series of lottery wins one after another after another, but then something in their psychology causes them to blow up. The archetypal example of this is Jesse Livermore, the famous speculator from the early part of the 20th century, 
who would make a vast fortune blow up, make a vast fortune blow up, make a vast fortune blow up. And his chronicling of this journey in his reminiscences of a stock operator is brilliant. There was something in him. And there is often something in people where they get to the point of, I'm almost successful, I'm therefore uncomfortable. There's a disconnect with the subconscious. Something occurs, they fall over, it brings them back to where they're more comfortable. Uh, think of the popular example. The popular example is people who win the lottery. And often people win fast sums, sums that are extraordinary. Even here in Australia, you can have people who win tens of millions of dollars. And there is this popular notion that within a few years, they're back to where they started. They're generally back to where they started simply because their subconscious is not primed or ready to be successful or move their life somewhere else. They're much more comfortable back where they were. So their subconscious goes through the process of unravelling their instant success. Traders do the same thing. And there are traders who can make a great deal of money, blow up, make a great deal of money, blow up, make a great deal of money, blow up. That's a psychological problem. It's not a technical issue. What sort of returns have been possible over the past year from trading different markets? One of, one of the things, there's a good thing about the market. There's a few good things. One is no one will ever ring you up and say you've made too much money, you have to stop, stop being a greedy bastard. That'll never happen because nobody knows who you are. It's the reason I enjoy markets. There is a spectrum of returns that people will generate. Some people, you can take an identical market, present it to people, and you'll get a spectrum where some people will blow up completely, and some people might actually double their account. Now, whether they've doubled their account through it being a fluke or whatever is only something that time can tell. Most of the time when you get that sort of spectacular one-off, it's a fluke. You can't maintain that sort of performance. Look at it this way. If, if we use a benchmark, the benchmark for quantitative traders is Renaissance Technology, Jim Simon's company, uh, one of the world's most famous quants, one of the world's richest men. His long-term return, or Renaissance Technology's long-term return, is around about 30% per annum net of fees. So it's slightly higher. This is employing the world's smartest people trading vast sums of money very, very quickly. And if that's what they're generating on an annualised basis, then your expectation would be, if you can match that on a regular basis, you're doing exceptionally well. But most people won't. Most people will make what the market generates because they can't. No, no, once they can't, because this is something I catch people on, they won't, they won't make the steps necessary to go to the next level. Uh, I've had years where I've done exceptionally well and they've been built on the back of one or two trades. But I've had years where you just go, well, that was ordinary. I should have taken up golf or something. And that's, that's the nature of business. Some years, if you own a restaurant, some years will be really, really good. And others you'll go, no, I'm not quite certain why I'm doing this. So final piece of advice for short-term trading and realistic results. It's a matter of putting it into perspective. So let's assume short-term trading has some real advantages. It adds diversification. It generates cash flow. Long-term trading builds wealth. So let's assume that, for example, you had a, a long-term trading system that was designed to build wealth over the very long term. You would not expect that to generate cash flow because that's not what it's designed for. It's a matter of matching what the trading system is designed to do with your expectations of what you think it should do. Short-term trading generates cash flow. It does that very, very well. 
it adds a measure of diversification. It does that very, very well. But it's simply not designed to do what a long-term system is. You've got to have the right tool for the right job. CT, thanks for your time. Thanks, Caroline. And stay tuned next week for one of Australia's first ever technical analysts and share trading royalty, Dawn Bolton-Smith. I'm Caroline Stephen. Have a great week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.